All right, all right. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for being here. As you guys know, or if you don't know, my name is Jaren Fitzsimmons, and this is my sports show, Fitz's Sports Show. I'm so glad that you're here. Uh, I got a good show planned for you guys today. It's a Tuesday, sunny. I'm feeling good. Hopefully, you guys are all feeling good. Taking care of yourselves, staying safe, staying healthy, you know, taking care of your loved ones. I wish you guys all nothing but success, and I thank you guys for being here. But let's get down to business. We got a great show today. We're going to talk a little UFC. UFC 250 was this last weekend, has some great fights. We're going to talk about that. Conor McGregor retired after it. My BBS probably is BS. We'll talk about that. Uh, we're going to talk Dalvin Cook, NBA, and some NBA action. And we also have a new segment called Stock Report, where I'll give, if I think, a team, player, or whatever, if their stock's going up, if their stock's going down, if you should buy and sell their stock, if you will. But without further ado, let's hit the music and let's get right into it. What a hell of a weekend, man. Great weekend if you're a fight fan, if you're a sports fan, you got nothing else to watch. I'm telling you, I was trying to tell everyone, the UFC, they're doing it big. You know, baseball might have missed out on their chance. We'll talk about that later. The UFC's been the, really the only sports the only sports organization that's taken this COVID thing in stride. The NBA's announced its return, but the UFC said, hey, we'll do it. No fans, we're going to do it this way. They have that kind of cowboy attitude under Dana, Dana White. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad because it's been fun to watch some fights. The fights have gone off pretty well. There hasn't been any COVID concerns that, are, that weren't handled the right way. They're all handled well. And he put on a hell of a card. So thank you, Dana White. Thank you, UFC. And thank you to the fighters that fought on that card because, I mean, guys like Sugar Sean O'Malley, he had the nastiest, you know, one-punch knockout I think I've ever seen. Aljamain Sterling, a hell of a submission. Cody Garbrandt looked like old Cody Garbrandt. He was patient. Looked like he'd learned his lessons from the three straight losses that he had. <coughs> Sorry. And Amanda Nunes looked phenomenal as well. She's the GOAT, you know, in the women's UFC for sure. But all of it was kind of... <coughs> Sorry. Of course I start coughing. It's my biggest pet peeve about podcasting is for some reason, every time I start a podcast... Every time I start talking, I start coughing up a lung, and it seems like I got COVID. It's not a COVID cough, people. I got allergies, all that stuff going on. But back to it. Conor McGregor overshadowed kind of the whole UFC 250 event by retiring later that night. Um, do I think Conor McGregor's done for good? I do not think McGregor's done for good. You know, guys like Conor McGregor, he's a smart guy. Conor McGregor knows what he's doing. He knows how to negotiate. Obviously, he's in the position he is, partially because he's able to negotiate and he's able to draw attention to himself. And this is all it was. We saw Floyd Mayweather do it in boxing, the retirements, the coming out of retirement. It just helps him sell his next fight, right? Because Connor's coming out of retirement. What's he going to look like coming out of retirement? Look, we see it for what it is. We know what it is. Connor's not done. In my opinion, Connor will still fight in the UFC. I think this is him just putting the pressure on Dana White in the UFC to, hey, get me a goddamn fight. For some reason, the UFC is having a terrible, terrible, rough time finding an opponent for Conor McGregor that Conor seems to agree with, which makes no sense considering Conor's your biggest draw. He's 
not your biggest. He is the biggest draw in UFC history. No one sold numbers. No one sold pay-per-views and fights like Conor McGregor has. He transcends the sport almost, and you can't find him an opponent. Well, let's look at some possible opponents to see if we can unravel it. Justin Gaethje is a guy that I think the reports are and the rumors are that Conor wants to fight Justin. Now, that's tough to do because Justin, as you guys know, just beat Tony Ferguson, and he's the interim champion. Usually when a person's an interim champion, the next step is to fight the actual champion when they're ready. Habib Nurmagomedov is the current champion in there. Justin Gaethje is the interim champion. It makes sense that they would fight. Habib had Ramadan where he was fasting and not in shape to fight. Coming out of Ramadan, I think we see Habib, Justin Gaethje. Maybe Conor gets the winner, but you're looking at it like this. Conor wanted to fight three times this year. And if he has to wait even further, you know, till later in the year for Habib and Justin to both recover and get ready to fight, they're not going to fight till later in the year. Conor's not going to get three fights this year. And essentially, you're telling your biggest draw, your main guy, to wait and fight the winner of that fight. I mean, that's an option. But I think you had to give Conor a fight in the meantime. So maybe a Jorge Masvidal. You know, it makes sense. They're both mad at, you know, the UFC. Jorge Masvidal and guys like him and John Jones have been very vocal about how they want to be paid more. They don't like how they only get 12 to 18% of the revenue share, considering all the other major sports make well over that. Their athletes make a lot more. And I think that's rightfully so. I think the athletes, I'm all for athletes getting paid. I think guys like Jorge Masvidal, John Jones, and you know the bigger names in the game, they deserve to be paid their worth. And right now they're not being paid their worth. I'm all for it. I'm for college athletes getting paid. You know, Bottom line is whenever someone's making money off of you, I feel like you're entitled to some of that money. I don't think that's such a hard concept to grasp. So you think Conor Jorge Masvidal, okay, they're not in the same weight division. It'd have to be, you know, Conor would have to go up because I don't think Jorge would go down. Conor did fight at 170 against Donald Cerrone and looked pretty good. Jorge's a little different build than Cerrone. I think Jorge gives Conor more problems. And, you know, there's a chance that Conor could lose that fight. So if you're Conor McGregor, and you want Justin Gaethje, and you want a chance to win the belt back, or maybe you want the Habib rematch, do you risk going to fight a guy like Jorge Masvidal with a chance that you might lose and then not get that title shot again? I mean, it's not an amazing fight for Conor. I mean, I'm sure Conor would love to fight someone that he's confident he can get past, and then he could fight Justin and Habib. Justin and or, no, not and or, Justin or Habib. After they fight, he could fight the winner of that fight. Um, so Jorge Masvidal makes a little sense if you're Connor, but not a ton of sense. It makes sense from a money standpoint. You're gonna get paid. You know, it makes hell of a lot of sense for Masvidal because you're gonna get the bag thrown at you because it's a red panties night whenever you fight Connor. You could give him Tony Ferguson, but Tony Ferguson just took a beating from Justin Gaethje, and it's gonna have to take a while to recover. And then you know, how do you sell Tony Ferguson after he just lost to Gaethje? I mean, if Connor can and Tony can get a fight on, and then Habib and you know, Justin get a fight on, then maybe the winner of Connor Tony fights the winner of, you know, Habib and Dustin. I don't know. But I don't know if you give put Tony in that position right away. He didn't look that good in his loss versus Justin Gaethje. So there's a lot of different things the UFC could do, but a lot of them are tough and they don't make sense for all the party. What m- makes sense for the UFC doesn't necessarily make sense for Conor McGregor. What makes sense for Conor McGregor doesn't make sense with the UFC as much. And that's where we see this. I guess, butting of heads in the negotiation. But the UFC has been good at getting Conor, you know, into fights. And Conor and the UFC, they do work well together and they do end up getting the deal done eventually. 
So by no mean, means of my imagination do I think Conor McGregor's done fighting. I think we'll see him in the octagon. I think we'll see him in the octagon again this year. Hopefully sooner rather than later. You know, I would love to see Conor fight. That's just the, the end of the story is that he's not done. Don't buy the hype that he's retiring. He will be back, in my humble opinion. Continuing on this kind of holdout trend that we've been talking about the UFC, a guy in the NFL has announced he's holding out, and it's Dalvin Cook, the Minnesota Vikings running back. The report is he wants Christian McCaffrey money, four year, and Christian McCaffrey has four years, $64 million contract, which comes out to about $16 million a year. So if Dalvin Cook wants to be paid Christian McCaffrey money, the first thing that comes to my head is, okay, let's look at the numbers, let's look at the production, and let's see if Dalvin Cook is actually worth Christian McCaffrey money. Now first, before you even dive into that, in my opinion, running backs are not the best investment if you're an NFL team. I feel like you know, if you have a great offensive line and a good coach and a good offensive like leader in your quarterback, the running backs aren't necessarily the highest on my priority if I'm building an NFL team. We've seen guys step in and, you know, really show out that they can perform without being on big contracts. Like, look at the Dallas Cowboys. If they didn't want to sign De- Zeke, which they did, they signed Ezekiel Elliott, which if you're a fan of that or a fan of not, or not a fan of it, whatever, Personally, I don't think you. I would want to give a running back that much money, and I am a Dallas Cowboys fan. But guys like Tony Pollard stepped in and could perform well, and we saw glimpses of Tony Pollard having a lot of success. And it makes you wonder: Hell, did we make a mistake in paying Zeke this big contract? And I, I'm sure the Minnesota Vikings are aware of that trend around the league. You know, look at the Todd Gurley and the Rams, and you know what happens when a lot of these running backs get paid is their production dips because running backs have a shelf life. You know, these guys they take a beating. They're the guys that get hit a ton, more so than guys like a quarterback or receiver. They see the ball, you know, every time they run the ball through the trenches, they're getting hit by, you know, big off, big defensive linemen, big linebackers. When receivers catch the ball, they usually have smaller safeties and DBs tackling them. And that does wear on running backs, and it does increase decrease their sh- shelf life and the, how long they can continue to perform at a high level. And I think NFL teams know that, so they're very weary of giving a running back a second contract, especially a big contract like what Dalvin Cook's asking so if we look at the numbers Cook had 1,135 yards rushing last year Chris McCaffrey had 1,387 yards so that's pretty comparable uh TDs Dalvin Cook had 13 C-Mac had 15 so it makes sense that Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook that Dalvin Cook wants Christian McCaffrey money so far with the TDs but where it really starts to separate and really starts to get a little weird and where the Vikings could say this to Dalvin Cook is, hey, you know, yeah, you have equal running numbers to Christian McCaffrey, but your receiving is is far, far inferior to what Christian McCaffrey does. Granted, Dalvin Cook does get targeted a lot less, probably because he's not as good catching out of the backfield as a guy like Christian McCaffrey is, but Christian McCaffrey had 1,000 yards receiving and four touchdown receptions. He was a 1,000-yard rusher and a 1,000-yard pass catcher. Dalvin Cook only had 519 yards receiving and zero touchdowns. So Christian McCaffrey is a very, very versatile running back, and that's where it makes sense that Carolina gave him the contract that they did is because he's so versatile. He can run the ball, but you can also take some of the pressure off him running the ball and you know take kind of that physical load that is the, so demanding if you're a running back in the NFL. And you could pass him the ball and, you know, get it to him out of the backfield and let him get in space versus some of those smaller corners and defensive backs and safeties and things like that. 
that's to me is why Christian McCaffrey is getting paid that much. And I don't think Dalvin Cook, if you're the Minnesota Vikings, provides the same value that Christian McCaffrey provides to the Carolina Panthers. So, you know, I'm like I said, I'm all for guys getting paid, but it's a tough time to be a running back in the NFL and get paid. A lot of NFL teams are not willing to go out and give a running back a second a second year deal. Um, especially to a guy like Delvin Cook, who really only had a one breakout year last year. His years before that, they weren't anything to really, you know, write home about. So Dalvin Cook's holding out. Minnesota might give him a contract. They might not. I don't know what I would do. He said he's not playing until he gets a contract, and in that case, it's a sticky situation. I don't know what Minnesota's running back depth looks like. Let me look up Minnesota running back depth chart. Let's see who they have on their team that could step in and, and produce at running back. I don't know who their second string. So Alexander, Madison, Mike Boone, and Amir Abdullah. I don't know. I think I've heard the name Amir Abdullah before. He's their fourth string. but So they might not even be comfortable with who they have as a backup, and they might be forced to give Dalvin Cook the money. But I doubt they do. I don't really... I think Dalvin Cook will get paid. I don't think he'll get paid what he wants to. He's not going to get Christian McCaffrey money, and I think that's rightfully so because I don't think Dalvin Cook brings what Christian McCaffrey brings to the football field. I think Christian McCaffrey is a lot more, at least his stats say that he's a lot more versatile of a running back. Maybe Dalvin Cook has it in him, but we haven't seen that so far in his career, at least on a consistent level. So if you're Minnesota, I'd be wary about signing, re-signing Dalvin Cook to a long-term deal where you throw a lot of money at him. I think you, you should save your money, shore up the offensive line, you know, keep paying your franchise quarterback if Kirk Cousins is, is your guy, you know, use that money elsewhere because I think a well a good offense with a good quarterback and an offensive line, I think a lot of running backs can thrive in a situation like that, and I don't think it's worth paying a running back $60 million a year, you know, if you can pay a rookie coming out of the draft a lot less and get equal, maybe even better production that way. Uh, moving on, outside of football, NBA is back. We know the NBA is coming back in, uh, July 31st. We talked about that in the last episode. But we do know more about what the NBA is going to do in terms of drug testing. So the NBA is not going to test players for recreational drugs when the season resumes, but they're still going to do performance-enhancing drug tests. Now, the NBA has always been more progressive when it comes to drug testing. You know, when you look at how the two major leagues in the in America handle testing. The NFL is very stringent, especially in their marijuana law, in their marijuana rules. The NBA seems to be more lax. You don't hear a lot, a lot of guys in the NBA getting suspended for marijuana. This happens all the time in the NFL. You also don't hear a lot of NBA players getting suspended for performance-enhancing drugs. Maybe the NBA is just not testing them well enough, or maybe they're just not doing them. Who knows? But I do love the fact that the NBA is going to continue to test for those PEDs when the season resumes. But they're not going to re- they're not going to test for recreational drugs such as like marijuana and things like that. And that's a very progressive view by the NBA, and it's you know honestly no surprise that they would do that. But I love it. I think it's good for the players because there are a lot of medical benefits that come with taking marijuana. I think it's good for the product the NBA puts out because no one wants to see you know star players and good talent sitting out over marijuana. It has no effect on their performance. It doesn't enhance or dehance the performance anyway. I think it's a 
I think it's a smart move by the NBA, and I think it's a very progressive, forward-thinking move, and I love it. And I love Adam Silver as a GM. I think he's my favorite GM out of all the major sports. So great move by the NBA. I applaud you. I think I'm so excited for the NBA to get back. It's going to be so much fun. The eighth game, eight-game regular season schedule is going to be... It's going to make the regular season feel like the playoffs, and then we're going to get seven-game playoff series. We could potentially get some crazy matchups depending on how things shake out. I'm excited. I can't wait. Um, and I'm sure you guys are excited as well. But moving on to our last segment of the day, and like I said, I'm trying to, well, I said this before in past episodes, I'm trying to make this podcast longer form in the future, meaning an hour to an hour and a half episode per episode right now i'm stuck with these shorter episodes because there's just not a lot to talk about with sports i try and talk about stuff that you don't hear all the time you know on the mainstream sports channels and yeah i could go on here and do a three-hour podcast but at what point am i just talking about nonsense that no one really wants to hear you know if i i at some point got to branch outside of sports so if that's something you guys want me to do make longer podcasts right now but make them you know, a lot of them, a lot of the content would end up being less about sports and more about like stuff going around in the world. Yeah, that's something you guys would be interested in. Then we could check that out and do that. But if you want me to stick to sports and just do kind of the sports stuff, they're gonna be a little shorter until we get a little more sporting action to talk about. Because right now there's really hardly any sports going on. It's just news that comes up, and there's only a couple of stories. You know, every once in a while that you can talk about that really are interesting. That stuff that I want to talk about and stuff I know about. But with that being said, I do have a new segment that I want to run. So this segment is called Stock Report. Now that could be subject to change. I'm thinking of better names. If you have any better suggestions, make sure to reach out to me on social media. But this is pretty much like I give a team, a player, you know, organization, whatever it may be. And I say whether they're buying or whether I'm buying or selling their stock. So for today, for example, our first person, our first team we're going to do is San Antonio Spurs. So they just lost LaMarcus Aldridge, and they're currently in 12th. They're four games out of 8th place, but they're still only .5 games out of 9th, which, remember, is there's the playing game between the 8th and 9th seed as long as they can get within four games of 8th place. And they have a potential playing game, but it's going to be tough, like I just said. Sorry, I'm, I'm reading off my page, trying to, you know, I collect my thoughts and write down, I'm just reading off the page, but... I'm I'm selling the San Antonio Spurs, I think, without LaMarcus Aldridge. I think they struggle, and I don't think they're going to end up making the playoff push that they were hoping for. It's tough when you lose a guy like uh, L.A. who's, you know, I, I guess kind of a, a staple for that Spurs organization. He provides a lot of consistently consistency, veteran leadership, stuff like that. I think it's that's a tough blow, and I don't see the Spurs overcoming that. I think they'll probably miss out on the playoffs this year. Now, number two, we have Todd Gurley. And I am buying Todd Gurley's stock, not because I think he's going to be the Todd Gurley of old or that he's going to, you know, light up the NFL because I just went on a whole 10-minute thing of why you shouldn't pay running backs and how there's a lot of value to be had, you know, in the draft, especially late-round picks in the draft in terms of running backs production. Todd Gurley, I'm buying. I think he's... I'm going to have a have a bounce back year. I don't think he's going to have the production we saw in L.A., but I do think he bounced back and has a better year than last year. So if you're looking to, you know, if you're an Atlanta Falcons fan, I'm sure you're going to love Todd Gurley. I think he's going to be a, a solid, you know, running back for you guys. And the last one, the last 
team of the day for this report is the MLB. And I'm selling the MLB, and this is why. Because for some reason, the MLB feels like they do not have to pay their players. The MLB was really, luckily, fell into a situation where they could have put baseball on TV months ago when no one had anything to do. Everyone could have been watching sports, and they would have had a lot of eyes on the MLB. The MLB really missed out on the opportunity. They're negotiating with the players on a new deal, and... It seems that they're pretty far apart, so I'm selling MLB stock. I think they've missed out on a chance to get out there in front and be kind of the leader of the leagues in terms of resuming and starting. I think they missed out on that. Now the NBA's coming back, the NFL's going to be starting up, and then you missed out your chance of really getting some eyes on your sport. But anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening. Once again, make sure to check out my social media at Fitz's Sports Show on Instagram and Jaron Fitz on Twitter. Hopefully you have a rest of the, a good rest of your day and have an enjoyable week. We'll be back here, I believe, tomorrow on Wednesday with a new episode. So I'll see you then.